0: Welcome to The Color of Us. I'm incredibly excited to introduce today's speaker, Alex Chester Iwata. Alex is an actor and editor-in-chief of Mixed Asian Media, a collaborative media platform for mixed APIs recognized by the Nelson Consumer Report on Asian Americans. She is also the director of Mixed Asian Media Fest, a festival celebrating mixed APIs through the creative lens. Earlier this year, she was honored as one of the top 50 unsung heroes at Asian Hustle Network's Uplifted Conference. Alex graduated with honors in May of 2021 with a BA through St. Mary's LEAP program. She is the first person from LEAP to receive the Dean's Award for Academic Excellence in Community Engagement and is now part of LEAP's advisory board. Alex has been acting since she was five years old. Growing up being one of the only mixed Asian kids in the entertainment industry, she never saw anyone that looked like her on stage and screen. The lack of representation for the mixed API community led her to start Mixed Asian Media. She is a community builder and has been featured on Shout Out LA, East Side Stories, The Mixed Space, AAPI Democracy Project, Theatre Art Life, No Cilantro Please, and Worst Asian Podcast. Alex is also a board member of Strong Asian Lead. Thank you so much for being here today, Alex. I look forward to our conversation. So for our first question today, could you please tell our listeners about Mixed Asian Media, how it came to be, and what the mission of the organization is?
1: Sure. So Mixed Asian Media is an online media outlet for mixed Asian Pacific Islanders. It started in 2017. Um we were known as Hopa Mag back then and it was literally a team of nine of us who who started this and it was a a quarterly online magazine and that we featured um op-ed pieces, book reviews, celebrities, you you name it. Um we transitioned to mixed Asian media in 2021. We were also recognized by the Nielsen Consumer Report on Asian Americans. And we switched over to mixed Asian media to better serve the mixed API community because not everyone identifies with the word HAPA and not everyone understands the colonization of the word and the history of the word. And we started this whole platform. Well, I started it because I was so tired of not seeing representation for people that looked like me in mainstream media. Um, we had what aloha with emma stone who is not mixed we had ghost in the show of asian erasure it was just like one thing after another and then having grown up in the entertainment industry since a small child and constantly being told i was not asian enough and i was not white enough to fit in or to be hired or oh you're just so exotic next to the white lead we can't have that uh what led me to create this platform because I really wanted a community and I wanted a space for my community to heal and be seen and heard to share our stories. And being mixed Asian doesn't necessarily mean you are white and Asian. It can mean you're Black and Asian, Puerto Rican and Asian. I mean, you name it and you can be that. And I just really wanted a space where everyone could feel that they have a place to belong and hopefully start to heal from those chronic wounds of really not being enough of that feeling of not feeling like you fit in of not feeling like you can speak up i wanted a space for people
0: the work that you're doing through mixed asian media to increase asian american and mixed race asian american representation is just so incredibly inspiring and it really helps benefit my generation although it's becoming more diverse today for my generation there's still, like you said, a lot of microaggressions that people like me experience being told that they're exotic, that they don't fit in, that they're too white, too Asian, etc. So although it's getting better for my generation, I'm really curious to know what it was like for you growing up as someone who's mixed race Asian.
1: I think I had a little differently growing up in Los Angeles. There was... Asian representation. Granted, we didn't have the social media for it to really amplify it. So I really want to make sure everyone knows that there was people in the Asian Pacific realm really doing the work and being activists for my generation. Um, We just didn't have the social media to amplify. Uh, So for me, I really was one of the one of the only mixed Asian kids that I saw in the entertainment industry auditioning and and doing some work um because of that back back then in the, those old days uh, there were no mixed families being represented on TV or film or commercials or pr- even print ads so I was always put in the Asian box but then I worked a lot as a child model um but as an actor I was often told, well, we love you, but you don't fit the family situation, meaning they can't, God forbid, they have a mixed family, right? And I was up for several major TV shows and even had a contract, a few contracts being drawn up. And I thought I had it. But then my feedback was, you know, she's just too exotic next to the white lead. She's going to pull focus. So, you know, I had agents trying to be like, okay, let's make you look more Asian. So you're not too exotic looking, or let's try to make you, if you can play into your white whiteness, my whiteness is Jewish. So that's still to me an ethnic. So it was always just trying to fit a box that didn't wasn't there. Like I didn't belong in this box and constantly being t- asked to, can you do an Asian accent when yeah. I was in the audition room? And it's like cool what is an Asian accent right what does that mean Japanese like China like different there's different regions like you need to be a little more specific um that has stopped for me fortunately but I'm also very picky about what I go in for now um also constantly being asked in the room wow what are you you're just like so exotic what are you and that's illegal they are not allowed to ask that that is absolutely 100 illegal for an employee employer to be asking an employee or a potential employee but once again we didn't have the language to say no you can't say that that's discrimination there wasn't a language around that because if you made ways if you caused trouble you would not work in Hollywood and, and I had to say it's probably not that much different today it's a little better mainly because of social media Um, but there really was that constant narrative of like me trying to fit in a box like I had a pre-screen for memoirs of a geisha when that was being auditioning and casting kept insisting I was Siberian Siberian is not a thing that's a place Siberia so they're just (laughs) oh my god are you sure you're not Siberian no I'm half Japanese and it's just that's the constant thing even today I still have a lot of uh, I like to say call them mono ratios racials they like to ask me what I am and I I tend to be like sure this is what I am well you don't look that no one one no one asked you what I looked like two I'm telling you what I am you should just go with it <laughs> yeah. but like the concept of like wow you don't look half Japanese like okay well, what's a half Japanese person supposed to look like like really also I've had to tell a few people no you can't call me exotic anymore that's that's don't do that but i mean in the good way nope don't don't call me that so it's things were worse growing up and they are somewhat better now but not by much
0: thank you so much for sharing it really is is so shocking to me as someone who's not really in the entertainment industry how opposed entertainment is from featuring mixed-race families or multiracial characters I remember the first commercial to ever feature a mixed race individual within the context of a multiracial and interracial family was in 2007. That was, um, well, I was born in 2006. So really, really crazy, (laughs) but um, you do a lot of work within mixed Asian media, especially the mixed Asian media presents features to include actors and singers who've been interviewed. I saw that you had um, Alexa from a K-pop label previously. So I was really interested in why you think it's so important for multiracial people within the context of film and acting and singing to find that kind of representation.
1: Well, I think it's so important because if we see ourselves reflected in the media, then that means we can do anything. And like we can feel like, oh, I can do that too meaning I can be a doctor I can be a singer I can be and whatever if you see an actor portraying that specifically on TV and film and commercials then you too feel validated as a human being so you know for the longest time it was only white people right really what we saw and what white people can do everything why can't we so I think that's why it's really important because that is our main form of entertainment in this country and in many countries is seeing your seeing, watching TV, watching movies, seeing commercials, advertisements. So if we see ourselves reflected, then it's validation. It's showing us that we can do whatever anyone else can do and that we are part of, you know, humanity yeah. as a whole. So I think that's why it's really important. why we really do try to showcase as many, people that of the mixed API heritage in our magazine whether you are a political leader a small business owner or a celebrity we really do try to showcase as many we tend to be a little more on the entertainment heavy on the entertainment side just because many of us are in the entertainment industry so it just tends to be our connections but we do want to try to be as inclusive as possible
0: I read that since you've been little, you've been in the acting industry and you kind of touched on that in our conversation today. I was wondering if you could please tell our listeners a little bit more about your connection to acting and maybe what you see as a way we can kind of re-envision the entertainment industry so that it can become more inclusive.
1: So I started off acting when I was five. Um, I started doing musical theater and modeling. Uh, my first show was Gigi at the Grand Dinner Theater, which no longer exists. And then I started Annie as you do as a kid and musical theater really was my passion for a very long time. I also was doing a lot of modeling, which was, I thought was a lot of fun getting a put on clothing and smiling in front of a camera. I was such a ham. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, And then I started doing more commercials, did a few co-star parts and guest star on TV. And that was really my connection. I was just so in it. Like I even was homeschooled from seventh grade on to high school through high school because I was constantly on set or constantly coming home really late from a show. And it just was really hard to keep up with everyday school schedule versus if I did it on my own at home. Um, So that was my connection to the entertainment industry. Uh, I've had to really work hard now that I am much older to really find my identity outside of it and figure out who Alex is, if she's not a performer or actor. And I have to say, it's it's been a lot of work, but I'm really happy of the pro- the progress I have made in therapy for that. And yeah, the second part of your question.
0: What do you think are ways that we can make the entertainment industry more inclusive?
1: I think we need to create our own stuff. That means like BIPOC communities need to be behind the camera, in front of the camera, uh, doing the tech work, doing being in the writer's room, being a director, being in casting, like everything that, the, that covers because entertainment industry as in general is always is is a white institution and it's really really hard for us to tear down that institution since it's kind of basically what the country is based upon so I really think it's a matter of us creating our own work Uh, not necessarily trying to break through that bamboo ceiling in a white institution but really just creating our own Production companies, and, and I realize this takes money, right? It all takes money, but there has been progress. There's been a lot of progress in major castings, casting, and major uh, studios as well. But I do think if we really want to see an impact, we have to just kind of take charge and create our own stuff.
0: Definitely, it's so important, like you said, to have both representation in front of the camera and behind the scenes too. I know that even today things are becoming a little bit more diverse but there's still a lot of racial profiling with casting and scripts and just kind of propagating those type of stereotypes
1: oh yeah I mean some of the breakdowns that I see for auditions are just kind of like whoa you really should not be saying that but wow you just said that in a casting breakdown
0: yeah definitely um so you kind of talked about this already but within the context of acting and theater, there's this kind of unique blend between race and culture. And I was wondering what you think that intersection is and how important it is for it to be represented within entertainment.
1: So I think that kind of falls into how I view being Jewish. A lot of times, I mean, yes, it can absolutely be like a a a racial thing, because if you look at like my 23 DNA test, um, It says I am one half Ashkenazi Jew, but I also think of Judaism as very cultural as well, meaning it is incredibly rich in history, incredibly rich in tradition, Um, same thing with like uh, any of the art any ethnicity, for that matter. So there's a lot of cultural aspects. It's such a fine, especially with entertainment industry, such a fine line so to how to cross blend those things a lot oftentimes myself and other jewish friends in the entertainment industry have been told that they are too ethnic looking to be in a production of fiddler on the roof so then they end up hiring very wasp waste waspy white people to portray jews jewish folks uh it's such a it's such a thing i i i'm not sure if there's a answer for it i really do think it just comes back to like creating your own stuff and also just you know of course we want to be as authentic as possible but if there aren't stories being told for the mixed race diaspora and we are seen as ethnically ambiguous and can fall into many categories where is there space for us then like i have done many productions of king and i i am not thai but how many actual thai people are in musical theater white people get to play german french you know British whatever why can't Asian people play all the different types of Asians there are maybe at some point we'll be able to be way more specific when it comes to casting but I think right now one there just wasn't enough work to go around and two there isn't there isn't enough new works being produced we tend to go back to old works because we know it's works and it's tried and true uh for white audiences I hope that answers your question.
0: Yes, it does. This question kind of goes back to something that you mentioned really early on. But in my generation, there's this emergence of language and terms that multiracial youth use to self-identify, for example, Asian, Mexipino, et cetera. And when you first founded Mixed Asian Media, it was originally, individually included the word Hapa. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that term, since a lot of people don't really know what it is and how you identify with it
1: sure Uh, actually invasion is something that i grew up with too uh odd funny enough uh so Hapa is the full term is Hapa haole which literally means part part foreigner because haole means foreigner in hawaiian and that word came about because of the colonization of hawaii as as that happens right um so my grandfather fought in the 442nd regiment in world war ii which is the basically the the Japanese the Japanese American Regiment and the rest of the family was interned but he was based in Hawaii so he brought that term back to California where I was born and raised and so I grew up being called Hoppa my cousins were called Hoppa I was called Hoppa and it was just very much the norm I don't know if he necessarily thought about the colonization of the word probably not probably was too worried about his family being in the camps there has been we've we've had many mixed messages from indigenous hawaiians some have we've spoken to many some have said yes please use this word our language is dying and some have said no that is appropriation so we just wanted to be very mindful of the word and i don't really feel like we can say no you can't identify a certain way to anyone yeah i mean obviously yes you can't people can say that but I like, I, it's something I grew up with and something that's close to my heart, but I also know the history of the word and I am very mindful of it. So I'm not saying it works for everyone to say call themselves hoppa, but for me, it's what I grew up with. And, I, and because I was called that by my grandfather and my family, it's hard for me. It's something I don't want necessarily want to let go of. Um, but we did transition to mixedation media just because, like I said, not everyone identifies with the word hoppa and not everyone understands the word. And, and As much as we posted it on our front page of our website, the history and everything, we had so many emails being like, nowhere on your website that's explain the word hoppa. I'm like, well, it's right there on the front page if you actually read our website. But people don't read. So mixed Asian media seems to be working. Everyone seems to get it. When we work with various PR companies with like Netflix and HBO, they're like, oh, we get it mixed Asia media and you're mixed cool before I have to go into a whole spiel of like this is what the word hoppa is and let them give them a history lesson which they did not ask for uh so it's been working and I I I identify as I feel like as a mixed person you can identify however you want and it can change on the daily there's a wonderful um, poem by Dr Maria PP Root which is the mixed person's bill of rights and I highly recommend your listeners to read it Uh, It's just so beautiful and and so eloquent. But like some days I feel a little more Japanese American. Some days I'm more Jewish American. Some days I feel more mixed. Some days I don't. And it's really up to me. It's up to the individual and how you feel the day of. And yeah, there's a lot of code switching involved, but that's kind of the way of life. And you can identify anyway and no one can tell you otherwise is, is my motto.
0: Yes, definitely. I love that motto. And it's something wonderful to go by for a lot of mixed race people. Kind of wrapping up, there's... One more question that I would really like to ask, at The Color of Us, the mission is to raise awareness, foster connection and conversation, as well as elevate the voices of multiracial and multicultural youth. As we conclude our conversation for today, I was wondering if there's any pieces of advice that you can give my generation of multiracial and multicultural youth?
1: 100%. I mean, first of all, I'm just so impressed of what you've created and it makes me very hopeful for the future generations. my piece of advice would be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for things. My motto is kind of like, what would a cis white male do? I love that. <laughs> right? Like, they're not afraid to ask for what they want. Why should I be? And of course, I I always, and also another thing is lead with kindness, no matter what, even if we're for rejection, just lead with kindness, leave the world a better place that you see it. That smile, that thank you, really could just make that person stay and it helps foster connections with other people and i really try to run mixed asian media holistically meaning people's mental health physical health everything comes first and foremost before the business mm. so my piece of advice is that like take care of your mental health don't be afraid to ask for things there's no no one can do anything on their own at all that's just not realistic and And you'd be surprised how many yeses you get you'd be really surprised especially if you lead with kindness
0: thank you so so much for your time today i really appreciate it
1: oh you're so welcome my absolute pleasure